My name is Carl Hinder and you're listening to the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. The podcast for salon and spa owners who are looking to grow. The only thing stopping you is you. Episode 35. Losing staff after training them. And the question is roughly along these lines. I, when I get staff on board, Carl, when I get junior staff, when I get apprentices and I invest all my time into training them and we kind of get them into a certain standard after six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years, and then they leave. So the question really is something along the lines of, should I bother? Why should I keep doing this if they keep leaving? And I can understand why a salon owner would feel like that. It's going to be demoralizing. It's going to be financially inefficient, surely, for you to keep getting people, training them and losing them so quickly. So you've got to decide why that's happening. And I'm going to give you some of the reasons that I see on a regular basis. But B, what are you going to do about it? Because the answer that you might have in your head is, I'm not going to do anything about it. In fact, I'm actually not going to do it. I'm not going to get an apprentice or a trainee or a junior, and I'm not prepared to work through the time investment and financial investment to get them to where I want to be. And to you guys, I'm going to tell you this. You're always going to have a staffing problem. Accept it. If you are not going to train anyone, if you're not prepared to invest in people, you are always going to have a staffing problem. And I work with salons that have a lot of apprentices or have a lot of juniors. And it's a part of the process, if you like. You know, the cost of bringing on an apprentice is built into the price of what the um, the senior people are actually doing. So it's not kind of costing you. You know, you have got to generate the money to pay for this person. So first of all, this is the number one problem that you have, okay? The first problem you have with apprentices and juniors that keep leaving you is you keep getting the wrong people in the first place. You guys have got to get better at choosing and selecting people. And it isn't good enough. Sorry, sorry, boys and girls. It isn't good enough to say, well, the quality isn't out there. You know, there's 80 million people in the UK. You can't say that everyone is rubbish. You have got to be better at recruitment. You've got to be better at interviewing. And do you know what you've got to be much, much better at? You're going to laugh because this is contradictory to what you're asking me to help you with. You've got to be better at firing people and firing them quick because you can't always tell at an interview, can you? Even the best people at an interview, because if you've got someone who really, really wants that job, wow, they're going to tell you whatever they want you to hear, right? That's fair enough. It's part of the game. So I can see someone getting through the interview process, but that's not what's happening in your interview. In your interview, you are so desperate that you are looking for all the yes signals. You know, and all the no signals either don't show up or they are very, very small and you're kind of like, oh, well, I'll put them aside. Yeah, I'll put them aside that she was 30 minutes late for this uh, interview today. Ah, it doesn't matter. It was bad weather and she did miss the bus. You see, you don't see the alarms. So the first thing you do in this process is you make sure that the people who even start to train with you are of the right caliber, of the right standard. You've got to make sure that they are of the right attitude, that they have the right energy, the right attitude, the right 
academia if necessary you know they have to be of a certain standard to fit your business that's where this falls apart before you even start and that's where you've got to start to focus and then the next part is this you get them you get them on board and let's assume just for the sake of tonight that you actually train them okay let's say they're with you for 12 months and if someone's uh, anyone on here knows going carl i identify with this and they don't even stay that long carl tell me carl they're going after six months they're going after eight months the thing is with this guys it's about you being honest. You, first of all, have got to decide. Well, first of all, you've got to decide how you train them. But first of all, you've got to decide why are they leaving? And you've got to be honest with yourself. You see, someone isn't coming training with you and leaving for no reason. They aren't leaving you because they're bored. Or maybe they are bored, but that's not their problem. It's your problem. So you've got to start breaking this down. And big organizations do this all the time. Big organizations do exit interviews, don't they? Why do you think we exit interview people? And I mean properly. I don't mean like, why are you going? Oh, because uh, um, I fancy a lifestyle change. Okay, then bye. That's not an exit interview, by the way, guys. An exit interview is a fairly lengthy process, maybe 20, 30, 40 minutes of discussion and saying, well, how did you find our training and, and what would you have changed about our training? And um, if you had your time all over again, what would you say to someone else about coming here? You need to nail the reasons why they are leaving you. We are never, ever, ever going to stop people leaving. So again, if your mentality is, Carl, what's the system that I get people on board, I train them up and they stay forever? There is no system to do that. I promise you, I definitely can promise you this, everyone is going to leave you. No matter if they've been with you one year, one week, or they've already been with you 20 years, they're going to leave you. There are more factors in people's lives for them to leave you than to stay. So what you're trying to do is reduce or slow down the speed of turnover, okay? That's what you're trying to do. And you do that by having a better environment. And this is where you've got to be hypercritical of yourself. Why are they leaving? I don't believe this is the first point, but you are going to make it the first point if I let you loose here. You are going to say, some of you at least, are going to say, Carl, they leave because at the end of the training, they want more money. And I can't afford to pay them more money. So they go off and they open their own salon or they go and rent a chair or they go mobile or something like that now if that is true i mean really true deep 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 down true then you have to fix your business don't you or you accept that that will always be the case you can't keep doing the same thing i'll train 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 and maybe one day someone won't leave because if it's true that at the end of your training you don't pay them very well then they are going to leave don't be blind you're going to know that they're going to leave. So now you create a business where at the end of the training, they have a financial reward. And I don't know what that is for you, but the basic of all financial rewards is a good basic salary. And if there's no money in your business for paying for that, you got to look at why. And there's only a few reasons why you're going to not be able to pay a, a good basic salary. Essentially, your salon doesn't take enough money essentially that individual doesn't take enough money right usually because in my experience usually because your prices are incorrect they're way 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 too low for you to ever to be able to hold on to staff 
And if that math doesn't work, you can't pretend it that you can't pretend it away. You can't keep thinking, um, well, I can't make the money, but I'll keep training and I'll just lose them. And I know they're going to leave after 12 months. You can't think it away. You've got to say, that is the problem. What do I do? I've got to find myself a business model that pays more at the end. Now, there's loads of ways of looking at that. I mean, pricing is the first part. Timings is an essential part. Sometimes we see, um, I don't know, smaller operations or different types of operations, you, you know, going faster. I mean, the barbering sector is well known for this. You can go to a barber's in some places and have a 45 minutes or a 60 minute haircut. Other places down the road are doing 10 minute haircuts. And that's because they have a business model that generates X amount for them. So first of all, you get correct pricing, you get enough money in the business to pay these people. Now, maybe it's still not working. You look at the time lengths, maybe it's still not working. Maybe you've got to start diving in and saying to them and saying to yourself, the answer is in retailing. If I could sell 10 products or five products every day, that would be an extra 50 or 100 quid. I could give all my staff an extra two pounds an hour. That might be one way of getting people to uh, stay beyond a year. Maybe they'll stay two or three years if you're paying them two or three pounds more than the minimum wage or what they can get down the road. But you can't say to yourself, Carl, I'm not prepared to do that. We can't sell products. It's pushy. Amazon sell them all the time. It's not something I'm used to. I'm not a salesman. I just want to go to work, Carl. I just want to cut. I just want to color. I just want to do eyelashes. And I want all the training to take care of itself. That isn't going to work. That's the problem. So you got to be honest about your business. You got to say, I got a business model that produces this much money, and I'm never going to be able to pay these trainees at the end of the training. Therefore, they are going to go. And you either accept that and you say, stuff it. I'm just going to have a challenging, difficult uh, business for the rest of my life. And personally, I'm going to have to keep working in there because that's the only way I can subsidize the business. You know, that's how you're staying open, right? You're staying open by subsidizing the business because you're working your socks off and you're not taking out the amount of money that you should for pro rata for your effort. But what about this envi environment? Because I know some businesses that are doing it properly. I know some businesses that have got a great environment. And I'm talking about an environment of learning, of understanding, where people are challenging each other, where the place is fun. I don't mean like they're all going around laughing and giggling. I mean, it's enjoyable because it's progressive, because everyone knows their part, because everyone is held accountable. People don't just want money, by the way. They want responsibility. How about appraisals? And when you do an appraisal, why, I mean, half of you, more than half of you don't even do an appraisal. So the staff, poor staff don't even know where they're going and what they're doing. Most of you haven't even got a training day or a training night and you're trying to do the training in between clients when it suits you in a lunch hour or when it's quiet. You're not committed to these people. You're not dedicated to them. Now, I'm not talking to the person that made me prompt this question. I'm talking to the masses. And the person who made me prompt this question, please pull out the parts from this that apply to you. But be honest with yourself and say, Carl, I recognize that in my business. There's not enough money. I don't retail. The prices are wrong. I go too fast. I go too slow. It's not bloody fun in my place. There's no extra responsibility for them. They can't become the manager. There is no bonus at the end of the year. They can't get a, a, a share scheme. 
I couldn't possibly give them um, a profit share in my business because that's mine. You guys have got to wake up. You've got to get into 2023. You've got to create an environment. You've got to think about why people are really going. Nobody is leaving an employed job with security, with pensions, with um, holiday pay, with sick pay, with all, with training, with all the things that you get, all the things that unions and the government fought for for uh, for 100 years to go self-employed, where you do your own accounts when you go home and you do your own marketing when you go home and you've got to sort out your own payments and you've got to do your own banking and you've got to get your own clients Okay, nobody wants to do that. They're only doing that because what you're offering isn't as good in terms of potential reward or future reward. You don't market yourself well enough. So you've got to think about how am I going to fix this? Why can't you get uh, the right students? Why more like why can't you keep them? And it's because your environment often isn't very good or you're not very good at communicating or you're just disorganized but i promise you the the, the answer is within your setup i would look at if you have changed anything in the last five years about introducing people into your business the induction process the appraisal process the training process is it really professional is it really scheduled do they have any respect for you and why would you stay? Why would you stay in your business if you didn't have to? I mean, you're the owner. you got no choice. Okay, unless you close. So why would you stay in your business? And don't say things like, it's because we're friendly, Carl. Well, everyone's friendly. You know, we're in the hair and beauty industry. Everyone's friendly. And on that friendly note, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. Now, please take a look in the show notes for some useful links. And please let other salon owners know that I'm here every Sunday at 4 p.m. trying to kickstart their week. Take care, guys. I'll see you on the next episode.